That's right, it's episode 268, and today we're going to do some semi-mainstream movies that are kind of on the outskirts of horror, but still have their horror tropes in them. And they are kind of like comedies, although one's not supposed... Well, no, I think both of them are supposed to be, actually, now that you think of it. But we're going to be doing The Golden Child from 1986 and... Hellbound from 1994. That's right. So uh, these are one of these I I th- haven't seen since it came out, and the other one I've known since a childhood. You know, it's like a nostalgic great for me. So um, if you hate these movies, well, I hate you. So, <laughs> well, I don't know about one of them. One of them I'll give you a pass on. The other one I'll destroy you and your family. So don't even come close. All right. <laughs> but yeah, Christina has never seen these movies at all. Never. I've been taking her down the Eddie Murphy sort of catalog. We still need to watch a few other things um, that she that he's done. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's like a time capsule almost for, <laughs> for like uh, the mainstream back in the day. So, um, but yeah, how are things going with you? Do so. We started watching a new show. It's called Vampires in America. It's on the Travel <laughs> Channel. Dude, oh, yeah. you gotta talk about it. It is. <laughs> It's kind of awesome, but like in a bad way. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I kept sitting there like, it's hard for me to watch because like I get so like, this is not real. Like, look, guys, <laughs> we were we were discussing it while we were watching this. And I was like, this is probably how people feel when we watch ghost shows. Right. That's you know? What, yeah, that's and what it's, I said. It's funny because like, I don't know. I believe those over fucking this show. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know, man. All right, so can I explain to yeah, them? Yeah, of course. I, we I have put, to talk about I it. I put this in a post on Do You Love Horror, and it was pretty funny because, like, we're watching this, and they're like, yeah, he's like, I was abducted by a vampire back in the day in, where was it? In fucking- Romania or something? No, it was like Scotland or something oh, like yeah. that. And he was like, he was dressed just like they do in the movies. And I'm like, oh, God, he's wearing a top hat. He must be a vampire. <laughs> like- <laughs> Stick him in the heart. Stick yeah. him in the heart. So he and this other guy from Germany. And this guy from Germany. Is it his, Germany, I think? I think his father was a vampire hunter. Yeah, so he's he like, my everything. father was a, a vampire hunter. That's horrible. <laughs> horrible accent. He come. But he's never seen a vampire. Right. He's never seen one. The other guy has. And he, this German guy carries around a machete on his hip. And he's always got it out. 
Like he's ready to attack. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was like, first I told Christina, I was like, you know what they're doing, right? They probably had sex with some woman and they're trying <laughs> to excuse it away for their wives. You know, like she had this power over me, honey. I had no idea what was going on. I just had to stick my tongue inside of her. Like, you know, she made me do it. It's like, you know, we're talking back back to the witches, the burning, you know, of witches. Yeah. Like, like when men were fucking using that as an excuse right. when they but, wanted to fucking be infidels, you know? Right. But what's cool about it, too, it's a Tucson. It's a Tucson. Wait, what? A Tucson? <laughs> you, know, you live here and you couldn't pronounce it? I said it like that because of what we do in the shadows. That's how we said it. Remember when he went to, I'm oh. from Tucson. This is how we speak from Tucson. Tucson. <laughs> Tucson, yeah. <laughs> That's why I say it like that. Okay, okay. But, yeah. Which is weird because I don't know why vampires would even be in Arizona because it's sunny okay, so all the fucking time. And minor spoiler alert. I'm just going to explain some of this show because like. It's only one episode right now. They go to, they, they say, they figure out in their own mind, in their own way. There's no real logic to this. But that this guy who might be a vampire, and they're not sure why. Who died in the 1920s. Yeah, is still alive and he owns storage units across the entire nation holy shit (laughs) so you heard it here first folks public storage is harnessing the power of vampires and dude i kid you not they're like oh my god he owns them all over the country and i'm like he's probably the owner of u-haul or probably you know like some (laughs) other guy with the same name it's probably his son because of nepotism That owns these fucking storage units and he's making an honest living and you guys are calling him vampires. vampires. So they go to Tucson and then there's fucking vampire caskets. Now, also, I want to be clear. We belong to a subculture of goth and industrial and oftentimes our friends who will dress up or put on teeth or, you know, it's just all in good fun. And we have friends who believe in other things and, you know, want to be animals and things like that. That's all fine. But when you're going out with a fucking machete, <laughs> you're going and opening stores. Who's the dangerous one here? You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, he's got a top hat. Cut his fucking head off. <laughs> But yes, episodes two so, is up, and I can't wait. So to they go to the storage unit in Tucson, and every one of the doors just happens to be unlocked, and they find wooden boxes with jars of empty blood in them. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not real. <laughs> First of all, just because you're a vampire doesn't mean you're a dumb fucking animal that just leaves shit like that out. They've been around for thousands of years, and they couldn't clean up after themselves. And then why aren't they sharing the storage units? Why do they each individually have to have their own storage units? Right. Wouldn't they have come up with like some sort of like, like there had to have been some architects or some sort of engineers that could have maximized the space in each one of those units, (laughs) you know, where they could have had like, you know, double bunks or like kind of leaned at the wall so they could kind of get in and just like get comfy. I wonder if one of those storage units ever went up for like auction on like the other show. Dude. The The storage wars. The part. Yeah, right. <laughs> they open it up and they're like, well, we found a vampire. I don't know how much that's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry if you guys believe in this shit, but is it it's it's the show, trust me. Cause like they're in this like picture 
perfect fucking scenario where they're between two trucks in this yard, in this storage yard. And it's like this perfect shot. And they're like shining their flashlights towards the camera guy. And they're like, no, did you hear that? And then all of a sudden some guy appears behind them and he steps out all dramatically like, you know, like, like not even like normal, like, like, like he's in a movie. Yeah. And then they're like, who was that? And they go chasing after him. Like it's cops. He must have flown away. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Someone's going to get killed. That's what's going to happen to the season finale. They're going to kill an officer or something. They're like, he's part of the (laughs) fucking. Yeah, he's part of the. Or they're going to go to a pizza shop and that's where they fucking, you know, or Wayfair. And then they're going to find vampires (laughs) and they're fucking selling vampires in their fucking coffee tables. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyway, it's great. Watch it. <laughs> You'll cringe a lot, but it is it's fucking it's fantastic. It. It's, it, oh, so exciting. It is so bad. I don't know how. It's so obvious. Like every interview that they have, this person, like there was this guy that's on a farm, right? And you would think normal people, they're just like, they work on their farm and stuff like that. These guys pull up with cameras everywhere. And this guy just keeps digging his hole for no reason. As if he doesn't notice that they're there. And he's like, oh, hello. Maybe that was to bury the bodies. And he was like, yeah, my farm has had problems for many years. And it's like all like acting. Like completely overdramatic. I mean, if they were just like making a fun story and it was a found footage kind of thing. Like, I'd totally be okay with that, you know? But no, this but is, like, worse than some found footage movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but I'll still watch it. I know. <laughs> also, we watched Ozark, and holy fucking shit, season four, which is 14 episodes, by the way. So if you've watched it to seven, that's not the end. We have another seven episodes coming in a few Thank months. Thank God. Holy shit, that show's great. It's such a It's great not show. horror, but we love it. Yeah. There's some fucking pretty tragic shit that happens in there. Yeah. And and after the end of season three and how that ended, which was probably one of the coolest fucking caps to the fucking whole fucking a season right. I've ever seen. Right. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we've been waiting forever to watch it. But anyway, we got other shows. I, I watched Archive 81. I'm going to have a review up of that here this, uh, week? Soon, this week. Yeah, I just didn't want to put it up over the weekend. So we'll we'll have that up, and I got some movies that I want to watch, like The Long Night and uh, by Rich Ragsdale, who was on the show and uh, talked about his one of his um, short films that he did on here, plus his other movies. So if you want to go back and check that out, he's got a new movie out that came out on the 4th, so you might want to check it out. It's kind of supernatural. It's got Scout Taylor Thompson, I think her name is, mm-hmm. that was in Halloween, the new uh, Rob Zombie ones. Mm-hmm. She was the one that played Jamie. The new Rob Zombie ones, those aren't new anymore. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they were newer than the originals, so. Right. But yeah, you can be a dick about it, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! All right, so this week we decided to pick The Golden Child. I'm not 100% sure on this shot, I'll be honest with you, because, Christina, it's a good idea. I'm just not sure I want to drink it. All right. It's called Bloody Oatmeal. So what we're going to, we are going to take the shot Because in the movie, there's bloody oatmeal. Right. So, yeah, we had it. They, like, touch oatmeal. the surface of the of the oatmeal, and then blood comes through. Because they're trying to feed the golden child to impurify him, to be able to kill him and dominate the world. <laughs> 
nerd. I um, okay, so I want you to take the shot, and then I'll tell you what's. I good. don't know if I can. I might make me gag. I can't take cons- like if there's chunks of shit this in my drink. Bit. Christina, we do not want to take it. Uh, we why don't you tell them? Do you want me to strain? What's it? in it? Why don't you go ahead and tell them what's in it and how to make it? Because oh I don't know God. how. Okay, so I, I took some instant oatmeal, right? Okay, and then I soaked it in some rum, rum chata, you know, strained out the excess water, and then, I, and then I replaced it with rum chata. And then I put in some 99 cinnamon. Oh, wow. And then I put it in the little cup, and then I, I took a dropper, and I put some grenadine, a few drops of grenadine in there for some blood. Mm. It looks like, uh, like old semen that's like the watery <laughs> bits have come to the top well for yours oh, for alex's though i didn't put in as much oatmeal because i know he does not like texture shots as he was just complaining about yeah it's terrible so it'll make me it. gag dude sip it don't shoot it then sip it jesus fucking christ dude do you know what a shot is christina yes but this is oatmeal oh i mean it tastes oh fine God, it's good it tastes fine but i need a spoon i can't fucking drink that I'm going to spoon, too. Don't do that. See, yummy. I feel like I just swallowed a phlegm glob. (laughs) You're fingering it just to get it out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, real uh, professional shot here, folks, everybody. Good. It doesn't taste bad. I'll, I'll be honest, but there's something about just just chunky texture. I don't like chunky shots. Like I can drink an iced margarita, but I'm not gonna Shit, fuck I just it. Spilt it on me. Oh, nice! Your little cum all over you. Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Anyway, so if you would love to take a, a bloody oatmeal, all you have to do is go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of The Golden Child, which came out in 1987, by the way. I fucked that up. And... Hellbound from 1994. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Anyway, so we switched it up this week. (laughs) I got to do The Golden Child, but she let me do it because she knows that's one of my favorite movies. So The Golden Child, like I said, came out in 1987. It's about a private detective specializing in missing children. He is charged with the task of finding a special child whom dark forces want to eliminate. Tagline, Eddie Murphy is the chosen one. So... Okay. Anyway, this is Eddie Murphy's first PG-13 film. It's all downhill from here. I'm just kidding. There was a few that were good in between here and, and, and the next one, which I think it was like Nutty Professor or something like that. But this is a movie that was directed by Michael Ritchie, who has done a, a couple of other um, sort of horror-esque movies. He did The Island. He did Fletch and Fletch Lives, Wildcats, The Bad News Bears, Student Bodies, which he's technically unaccredited for on IMDb, but did because the producer and director Michael Ritchie had his name removed 
from the film's credits so as not to run into trouble from the striking writers guild that was going on during that time. Oh. Instead, screenwriter Mickey Rose was given on-screen director's credit. Oh. So, he's shirked around sneaky, that a little sneaky. bit. The writer for this movie is Dennis Feldman. He did one of the guys, just one of the guys, Species, I think all of them, and then Virus with uh, Jamie. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, which I, I really like that movie, too. It's like it's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. It just does stuff that you don't see in other movies. So I like that they tried. Some of the cast, we have Eddie Murphy, who's been in a lot of movies. I'm not going to go over. He plays Chandler Jarrell. And we also have J.L. Riat who is the golden child in this movie, who they kept calling a boy, but was actually a female. Oh. They just shaved her head. Um, And this is the only thing that they actually did, too. So we also have Charles Dance, who is obviously, you know, he's been in a lot of fucking films. He plays Sardo Numspa. Sardo Numspa! (laughs) Last action hero he was in, Pride and Prejudice. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Also does the voice of Emir Ver Amiris in the Witcher 3 game. He's also in Game of Thrones, Patrick, Evil Awakens, Underworld Awakening, Alien 3, and plenty more. We also have Charlotte Lewis, who is Kinang in this. She was the girl that falls in love with Eddie Murphy. She was in Stranger in the House, The Red Shoe Diaries on TV, Decoy, The Glass Cage, and more. We also have... Victor Wong, who plays the old man who was best known for me being in Big Trouble Little China the same year. What? That was the same year? Well, technically, this movie came out in 86, but it also says 87, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, well, it was right around the same When they were going to shoot, I'll explain, but yeah. He was also in Prince of Darkness, The Last Emperor, Tremors, Year of the Dragon, Three Ninjas, and he died in September of 2001. Great actor. Mm-hmm. Randall Tex Cobb is in this movie. He's plays the the till the really big kind of ofy looking guy with the like the head that's like all messed up. Mm-hmm. He was in Raising Arizona as the biker. Really? Yeah. He was also nice. in Ace Ventura, Naked Gun, Thirty Three and a Third, Police Academy Four, Citizen Zone Patrol. <laughs> I just watched that recently. Uh, Flesh Lives, Blind Fury with fucking um, Rudger Hauer in it. Uh, he was also in Ernest Goes to Jail and many more. Then uh, James Hong is in this movie, who was also in, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. He played uh, the main villain in that movie. He plays Dr. Hong in this movie. He's been around doing acting since the 50s. He's played Barry Chan in The New Adventures of Charlie Chan, Kung Fu, Panda, Chinatown, Kung Fu the series, both of them. Uh, he was also in Airplane, Ninja 3, The Domination, one of my favorites. Got the best Pepsi ad in there ever. Uh, we got Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, Hot to Trot with Bobcat Goldweight, Wayne's World 2, The Shadow, and a ton of voice work that he's done, too. He's been basically nonstop and continues to act today. He's actually working on a Gremlin Secret of the Mogwai. It's like a sort of animated movie for a TV series. Just TV oh. series, sorry. So that'll be coming out soon. It's in post-production. Hmm. We also have Peter Kwong, who was Tommy Tong. Do you know who Tommy Tong is? <laughs> he played uh, Rain in Big Trouble in Little China. Some call that guy, that character, Thunder, because he has the lightning. He's the Raiden sort of type character in oh. Big Trouble in Little China. 
Mm-hmm. He even uses the same swords in this movie as he does in the other one. Oh, funny. Right. But he was also in Cooties, Gleaming the Cube, Steel Justice, Brain Smasher, A Love Story with Andrew Dice Clay, which is an underrated funny movie. It's ridiculous. I have a copy on VHS, I think. also have him in Theodore Rex, which was a silly fucking movie. We also have, last but not least, Pons Mar, who played Fu, the weird monkey-looking dude in this movie. He was in Return to Oz, where he would ride around on those skates. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? He was also in Masters of the Universe, Dead Heat, Theodore Rex, Monkey Bone, The Blob, 1988. He was one of the guys in the theater that fucking, uh, I don't know if he was the guy with the flashlight or the, I think he was the guy up in the the booth up in the in the the thing so he gets stuck to the ceiling or whatever plus he played rory in the dinosaurs remember that tv the life-size puppets yeah he Uh, was rory not the mama yeah well that's not the baby right yeah yeah he also um performed as the voice and body model for the noid in the popular domino's pizza commercials from the 80s Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. So I just wanted to point him out because I was like, oh, my God, that guy's done so much. Everything. He's like a visual performance actor. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know how like they do that one guy who does all the upside down, crazy walking around oh. scary scenes, you know, uh, Javier Botet. Uh, he's kind of like that, you know, but uh, this budget for this movie was about 13 to 25 million for some reason they don't know and it made about 149 million at the box office that year oh wow so it did really well mm-hmm. it did really well um christina what did you think for your first time watching this movie oh it was okay no, i hate you so much <laughs> i could see this being a typical like blockbuster movie for the 80s you know spoiled piece of shit you know eddie murphy but you know the jokes are really dated i don't think it really aged well mm-hmm. of course the cgi didn't really age well that was like just beginning too so it was kind of cool what they could what it was they claymation did. really yeah most of it it was kind of cool but yeah the visuals were okay i didn't really think it was like a horror movie until about maybe the end Right. Like, it got really into it, but, I mean... Both of these movies are dealing with hell, so... Right. The story was okay. Is there anything you did like about the movie? Hold on. (laughs) I didn't like the forced love story in it. That was fucking annoying. You're breaking my heart, asswipe. Oh, God. It just irritates me. And I think you even said, like, this was at a time, too, where, you know... Women were becoming very empowered, and they were kind of showing that. But you know, oh, but still, women still need to be in their place. Okay, women can fight, but it has to be in their underwear. It's it's to show (laughs) that women are powerful. It's not to make fun of them. Well, I know that. Did you just hear what I said? I did, but I don't like what your I don't like your tone. (laughs) And you already came into this fucking hot. You know, like fuck you. I didn't. You don't get to shit on my dreams movies when I was a kid. This is a kid, but like I said, it's dated. It it didn't age well. Maybe. If I saw this as a kid, I'd mm-hmm. have a different fucking opinion. Maybe you've had good taste. I don't know. Whatever. I could see a lot of the indie. I could see a lot of the Indiana Jones references in this movie. With that came out about this time, though. Yeah, I don't think it was Indiana but Jones. This and the other movie. Yeah, towards the end when he was walking through the things to get with the water to get the you know, oh, the sword. Yeah. Anyway, five out of ten. Five. Five out of ten. We're I'm I'm packing up. Okay, bye. Get out. Get out. Uh, this is my house now. Marie, we're free. Five <laughs> out of ten. Five out of ten. Jesus, Christina. Why don't you prove me wrong? 
Oh, man, wait till I see one of your childhood movies. I'm going to shit the fuck all over it. It's going to be hot, splattery diarrhea, mm-hmm. fucking green baby diarrhea right. style. Yeah, sure. All right. First of all, just so disappointed in you. So this is a piece of nostalgia for me. And I realize that, you know, because I enjoyed it as a kid, I may like it a lot more than most people will. I grew up in the golden era of SNL, not like it is today where it's struggling to be funny. And just about every comedian on the show actually had their own careers that actually blew up in the mainstream and people became really famous. My idols were literally Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy and Chevy Chase. Those are my top guys. That I wanted to be. And if Ryan Reynolds was back, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. But this is, you know, this is a pretty cheesy movie, so I get it. It just cracked me up as a child, and it does today. We were laughing out loud about it. You were, too. Yeah, there were some funny parts. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. You're just being mean. No, I'm not. Suck a dick. Anyway, it's about a man who finds a missing children who gets wrapped up in saving the world from some sort of demonic power. And he has to help the golden child in Tibet fight the forces of evil, which, of course, is going to be cheesy because it's Eddie Murphy doing some weird shit that you would not expect Eddie Murphy to be in a movie about. But we were later proved wrong about that when he did multiple films later on that pretty much did not make his career uh take off but uh certainly probably paid him a lot of money it personally for me i've always found that it was like great material for eddie murphy to riff off of so he could be funny in and it has some pretty great jokes in here that i don't think are dated and are throughout the entire film plus i feel like he, he's really pretty charming anyway and he's just a likable guy back in the day he was just like you couldn't know you could do no wrong So even if he did this weird, cheesy movie, people still kind of like loved him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he went on to do other films that are bigger than this. So it just works really well for me as he kind of bounces off some of the more serious characters that are in the movie. And there are plenty, which makes it really funny. One scene in particular involving Charles Dance that is probably just the funniest, most quoted thing I ever hear from any friends who have ever seen and grew up with this movie. My dear brother Noomsie. Like fucking that shit. I love it. Charles Dance being so serious, even though he's not being comedic in this role, him and Murphy bouncing off each other in that specific spot is just fucking great. Mm -hmm. And he personally, to me, is like one of the greater villains. Like he's just got that look Mm -hmm. like he's got that swagger. I don't know. Charles Dance. Other than like, what was it? Last Action Hero, which I thought he was pretty cool. And he had that like interchangeable eye where he changes the glass eye. Oh, yeah. He had like the the, the, like target sights and like bullseyes and all kinds of shit for his eyes. But I was also a big fan of John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. And a lot of ways, this movie feels like an extension of that movie in tone and in jokes, especially since half the main cast is in this movie, you know? (laughs) Only, you know, we have Eddie. And and keep in mind, John Carpenter actually almost directed this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and he went on to do Big Trouble in Little China instead. Oh. So he actually would have directed this. And it, it so it feeling like a John Carpenter film or mm-hmm. Big Trouble in Little China is spot on. And I felt that way long before I knew. So I guess if you like Big Trouble in Little China and you like Beverly Hills Cop, this is kind of the marriage of two. You know, the whole if they had a baby sort of thing. This is that movie. So if you can get into that, you can probably enjoy this. Rewatching it now for like the hundredth time. I don't know. I used to watch this on repeat all summer long when I was a kid because I loved it so much. I just watched it all the time. 
it's still fun and it still remains a classic to me. I, I do realize, you know, that it is dated for some and some people like yourself who think it's terrible or just too ridiculous. But people like you and those people are soulless demons who deserve to die. <laughs> so I. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to find a bow tie in your fucking drawer and I'm going to I'm going to make a reason. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fucking demon soulless vampire. Um. Truly, it is one of my favorite kids' movies. Like, I just loved it. I don't know. So it hurts me. But, you know, it is silly. It's going to be a bit wacky with some of its scenes, but I think it's pretty creative. And I think it's it keeps it interesting throughout the whole film. Plus, all the different characters in the film really stand out as, like, characters that, you know, make you wonder what the fuck is going on in this, like, crazy world, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like Big Trouble in Little China did for me. I'd give this at least an eight for a classic film for me. I mean, it, it has to be an oh, eight. Oh, why didn't you give it a ten? Well, I probably would it's even... It's your favorite s- movie ever. Well, I, as much as I rewatch it, I would probably say it's a nine. And I'm not afraid to say that because, like, that's... It's made for me. Right. You know, I, I looked at this film a lot. It shaped my humor, Okay. I can tell. So if you don't like the movie, you don't like me! <laughs> Jesus, calm the fuck down. Andy. <laughs> Do you want another bloody oatmeal shot? Jesus. I will get, something's going to get bloody here in a minute if you don't just stop. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My vagina, of course. I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so we do have some trivia on this. So Christina gave it a five. I gave it a nine. So that's at least a seven out of ten. Thank God I gave it a better score, huh? Jesus. You just hate the 80s, don't you? You just fucking hate the 80s. No, it's okay. All right. I am so... That that really hurts. You'll get over it. I, I will try. I will choke you to sleep. Mm-hmm. Choke yeah, you to sleep. Tr- uh, yeah. Anyway, so if you don't want anything spoiled of this wonderful movie that people like Christina don't have the heart or fucking strength to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then don't listen past this. Here's your warning. (laughs) So this film was intended as a sort of serious adventure drama. It wasn't even supposed to be a comedy. Okay. They were going to have Mel Gibson play the lead role. Mel Gibson? Yeah. And after Gibson turned it down the film and Eddie Murphy replaced him, the script was rewritten. Because be they were funny. like, yes. Yeah. Which seems like a natural thing that you would do, right? Well, yeah. Like Eddie Murphy, king of comedy. Right. One of the biggest comedians in the world. And you're going to put him in a serious role? No, I don't think so, Eddie. Right. But apparently this was appealing to Eddie because it wasn't a comedy. Mm-hmm. So he kind of trashed the movie after he did Coming to America, which is weird, which was, you know, a couple of year, uh, years later. They say trash, but, you know, he was just saying that the that the original script was way better than the finished product and that the novelization was closer to what was intended. They should remake it with the original script. Yeah, but who would they put in it? I don't know. There's some... You can't put a Golden Child movie and not make it funny now. Everybody who loves it, who would care to watch it, would want to see the Hell, comedy. Which is exactly why we should do it. There's no way. Serious. Anybody that doesn't like it, burn, burn in hell. <laughs> you pieces of shit. Um... <laughs> Anyway, Eddie Eddie had uh, actually turned down a a role in Star Trek for The Voyage Home, which is the one about the whales. Oh, yeah. I think that was the one. And in order to make this film, he just had to turn that role down, which probably wasn't even a big role and probably wasn't even as high a paying role. He might have been like in New York or something when they they stop and they're all waving at people with middle fingers, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
<laughs> but both films uh, were released on the same day. The teaser for this film was actually shown before Star Trek Four, hmm. so it's weird. I don't know. That's why I'm confused on when the date it is because they might have held on to it for a while before it came out. Does that make sense? Yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. Charles Dance said that that they had gotten to know him so well, you know, through Beverly Hills Cop, which was so successful that they wanted the character to be much more like that. And that's why the studio went back and kind of reshot a lot of the lost a lot of the footage with Eddie doing his sort of Murphy isms and put them into the picture. You know, then they took out the a really sumptuous, weird and beautiful score by John Williams and replaced it with something more funky. So basically what you got was Beverly Hills Cop in Tibet. That's what oh, Charles Dance said. Okay. So after this, Eddie Murphy went on to write his next five movies in a row until Distinguished Gentleman in 1992. I don't even know what that is. It's a movie called Distinguished Gentleman. Have you seen it? Yeah. Years ago. I don't know. I watched it when it came out, probably. Oh, okay. My dad liked to watch all kinds of films, you know what I mean? So, But the house that Eddie Murphy stays in after his return from Nepal with the dagger is the same house that Steven Seagal uses in Hard to Kill 1990 to recuperate from his coma. Huh. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's where you see him running up the hill, the train, and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) doing his Steven Seagal little arms. Uh, John Barry was commissioned by Paramount Pictures to compose, produce, and record a complete score for this. However, Barry was taken off the project after creative differences and reaction to the test screenings. Although Michael Colombier completed the score, a few cues by Barry remain in the film, and one, Wisdom of the Ages, was released on the original soundtrack LP. As of the present, the entirety of both Barry's largely unused music and Colombier's final theatrical version score have been issued on a limited edition three CD soundtrack um, that you can actually buy. It's probably rare now. Right. But I, I know that Barry did the song in the beginning. What was it? I've been dreaming about the city. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Take me to Okay. Yeah. Got it. Chunky asses. Right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Frank Welker, famous voice actor who did the uh, voice of the demon when Sardam Numspa speaks to the devil. You know, when he goes and lays down his magic carpet and the walls disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, he also worked on The Thing and The Dark Lord in this movie. He also uses the demon voice for Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. Oh. Dark Seed and Super Friends. Lord Krulos and Dino Riders, Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat, and the Devil Malbolgia in Spawn, and multiple oh. Transformer voices like Megatron. So it's made him a lot of money being able to do that. The Golden Child actually bears some similarities to another movie that came out in 2000. And I don't think we've ever reviewed it, but I know we've watched it because we just had it. We bought a bunch of DVDs and I know we got it in there. Mm -hmm. It's called Bless the Child. It's about that one where the the devil's trying to get this little girl to become like evil. And uh, it stars Kim Basinger. And both Eddie Murphy and Kim Basinger play ordinary people chosen to save a mysterious child from a destiny based on unexplainable from those who would corrupt them. That seems weird. Yeah, it is kind of very similar in that regard. I don't think it's the same. Clearly different tones. You know, that's a serious movie, and this one's not. Right. But the old man, so Victor Wong character, he tells Jarl that in order to retrieve the dagger that you must 
carry the glass of water without spilling one drop. Right. And in the movie, when he falls and he gets back up and he <laughs> and he gets on the next thing. Right. He put the water down. Yeah. You see two yeah. drops strip. Yeah. So they try to avoid that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Right. So he fucked up. He's not pure. None of that happened. And he actually died in the real script. Oh, really? No, I'm totally oh, joking. I totally <laughs> the end. Okay, guys, on to the next movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jean LaBelle, the drunk biker that we were laughing our asses off about. Remember when he goes into the yellow dragon's fucking lair and he's like, the drunk guy's like, Argh. oh, yeah, that's right. Remember we were cracking yeah, up about yeah. him? He did a really good job, but apparently he actually has trained fighters like Chuck Norris and Ronda Rousey. Oh, wow. That guy's a trainer. That's crazy. So he's a stunt, you know, performer. Right. Stunt guy. Yeah, he probably did some of the choreograph stuff in there. Mm -hmm. But I just was like, wow, that guy looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> and he's actually a fucking trainer, you know what I mean? I don't know. He's just really good at making like he's drunk. That was a really good performance it for really drunk. Was, yeah. Like he looked like a fucking bleh. Like, like he looked like he smelled or he smelled <laughs> like he looked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Christine, that's pretty much it for the trivia that I found I, that I wanted to talk about. What are some things in the movie that you did like? Because I don't want to hear anything you didn't like. <laughs> okay, fine. I didn't like the scene where he was on TV with the missing girl poster and the TV guy kept interrupting him. And then he just takes the mic from him. He's like, okay. He's like, I'll beat your ass, man. <laughs> that... Look, man, I'm going to beat your ass. You touch this microphone. Her <laughs> name is Cheryl Mosley. She's 16. She has dark brown hair. That whole thing was hilarious. Now you can talk about whatever the fuck that is and the turtle shits over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you had a sex change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's, it, there's so many just little jokes in the movie that I really appreciate that just like are just silly little, you know, Murphy's people didn't do that in those in movies like that. He just had this commanding presence over, you know, he just Everybody, riffed. Yeah, yeah, man. Like that's like I don't know how that really is dated because, you know, some people have that vibe, you know. Ryan Reynolds kind of has that vibe where he feels like he's in control of everything, which is why he plays such a good Deadpool character. Because he's just like you know, he'll stuff a joke in anywhere he can, you know, right. and just act calm and, you know, normal, which is Eddie's fucking, that's Eddie's fucking shit. Uh -huh. So if Ryan Reynolds got it, he might've gotten it from him. And I bet you, you'd probably find out that some of his stuff is, you know, based right. off of that. That's what I mean. Like Eddie Murphy was like really good at fucking off the top, like really good at that shit. Um, I don't know how much of it was written, but I think I feel like this is the kind of movie where they kind of like you just let him riff. Right. Yeah. You kind of see it, too. I don't know. It just seems like it. Like, I don't know. Maybe they did write it. That would be kind of disappointing mm -hmm. because it seems like, you know, there's some fucking shit in the movie. Like, you know, when he goes into that Chinese shop or he goes he goes into that shop. And he's like looking at these scales or something. And they're like, ah, good for the yang. Good for the yang and the yang. He's like, ah, oh, ain't nothing wrong with my yang. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh my stupid God. shit like that. Yeah. And I was, I rolled my eyes at those jokes. I was like, oh God. <laughs> stupid. So I don't know what you're doing later, but your silhouette is kicking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and she gets all mad. <laughs> By the way, what, what, uh, what's his name says? The guy. Famous uh, James Hong's character, the Doctor Hong, he actually says he has no manners. Just he he doesn't know any manners. 
forgive him apologies apologies that's what he says uh-huh. to to the like snake woman mm-hmm. which see like i think it's like cool stuff like that that's in the movie that gives you this like sort of otherworldly presence right. like big trouble in little china did you know right. like there's this like fucking whole world that it's we don't know about yeah, yeah. Shit going on. i love shit like that mm-hmm. that's like so cool to me that we've existed and that there's these things like they talk about how she was transferred shipped out and her family was <laughs> yeah she was what did the girl say she goes yeah her family was molested by uh dragons many she's through oh, over 300 years her old grandmother was raped by a dragon yeah and he's like is that happened a lot where you're from <laughs> <laughs> it's funny man like i don't know it's funny to me what's some other stuff christina what other uh part did you no, like i did like there was a part where the child was like in the circle and then the guy with the fucked up forehead uh <laughs> was uh, shooting doing, rocks yeah slingshotting at him I thought that whole scene was really cute. And he's like waving his hand and it's like. Yeah, going away. And the guy's like. (gasps) And later on, like the child takes control of that guy and he becomes his minion. Yeah, but he does that scene where they do the claymation little like putting on the Ritz song. Oh, yeah, because he crushed a Pepsi can. Right. And the Pepsi can. Christina's like product placement. I was like, like, what was that called? I was like, you don't see that product placement. You don't see that much anymore. So one of the best product placements, I think, has to be in Wayne's World. Oh, well, yeah. Because he's like. Domino's and Doritos. That's great. Dude, that was really. That's like. That's smart. You know, yeah. like, because they got all of them to do that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but again, they don't do that anymore because it doesn't work. Well, they do. Like, if you notice, if you watch um, a lot of movies, you'll see, like, they have, like, Apple phones or right. Android phones. It's or one or the lap- other. Yeah, yeah. You all know, them, you can yeah. always tell. And they usually have their symbol on there. And if it's, a, it's an Apple phone, by the way, they have to use Apple computers, too. Yeah. So every computer they have. That is in a major scene. They put an Apple computer in there. It's it it's just branding. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's not about it working. It's about familiarizing people so that they never not stop thinking about it. Right. That's what branding's yeah, all about. Yeah, I know. It makes sense. It's about comfort. I know. So preach. They just do it differently now. <laughs> I was just saying. Yeah. Now they the just Pepsi hold- can thing was cute. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool when I was a kid. I thought it was neat. You know, and then he stomps on it, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh. Oh no, the can died. Get your toys and get out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. Sodom Noomspa. <laughs> <laughs> you will eat. But that's it. That's all I liked. Oh, come on. You don't think there's another funny fucking part in that movie? What is the funniest thing that you thought was in this movie? Like I already said the beginning when he was in That the- was the funniest thing to you that in this was, whole movie. Yeah, it was. You didn't like the whole Everything fucking. Everything was just very subtle. All the jokes were really subtle. You don't like the the jokes that he had with a uh, brother Noomsy. I did. My dear brother Noomsy. I did. I don't understand why you find that so funny. Because <laughs> it's great how Charles Dance performs in that segment against Eddie Murphy. Like you, he's when you Eddie Murphy's taking the stage and Charles Dance just lets him kind of you know what I mean. He just plays straight face the whole fucking time and pissed. And it's just great. I just think it's great. Mm-hmm. He's like, I could make you disappear like this. He's like, ooh, well, let's not do that now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think you know how the system works. See, they're going to take that knife from me, and they're going to put a little baggie in called Exhibit A, and then they're going to keep that in a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so you are just going to have to wait till that, and that's fine by me. You know, like, I don't know. It's just great. I always like the, everybody always says the the fucking when he goes to Tibet and he does the fucking, 
She's like, I am here to get the Ajanti dagger. Oh, yeah, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and he's just leaning up against the pole like a dickhead. <laughs> and that that's the guy that stole his $100 bill from earlier, which was really funny to me. <laughs> That uh, the bum yeah that was that was funny the the bum part where he's, he's like oh, you want this one and right. he's like yeah how much for the the blue one right here oh you speak English <laughs> <laughs> and he takes his hundred dollar bill and he's like no see that that's a hundred that's a hundred dollar bill they, they, one of these these are a dollar you know like a dollar <laughs> <laughs> you're breaking my hot ass wife. <laughs> Oh, you can walk too. <laughs> you seen a little naked bum running around here <laughs> with a hundred dollar bill? <laughs> I don't know. It's great, dude. I don't know. But then, yeah, he does the, the I want the knife. Say it again, please. Because <laughs> he doesn't take any of it seriously. He's like, this is some weird shit. Another one, I, I another, another part that I really like. Is when they go into the dream sequence where he doesn't realize everything is a dream. Oh, yeah. He sees a horse walk by him, and then the guy's like... And the guy shows up. He's like, you got uh, that uh, nice little suit you got on. That fits you well. That's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Morris Davis. Is that what he calls it? I don't know. Yeah, it's like a smoking jacket. That's what they call them, smoking jackets with the, like, flower design in, like, velvet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Morris Davis. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Anyway, that whole scene was pretty cool where he cars into his arm and he's like, ooh, dreams aren't supposed to hurt. He's like, this is to make you remember of our little discussion. I think I'm going to say, fuck you. <laughs> or what do he say? I don't know. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Because <laughs> he can't say fuck in this movie because it's PG-13. Oh. This is the only one of the only movies before the, that he hadn't said fuck. In a movie, mm -hmm. which Eddie Murphy is foul as shit. Stand-up, yeah. Yeah. Fucking raw. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Talking about sticking G.I. Joes in his butthole and shit. <laughs> G.I. Joe swimming in the water. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fanboy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. Any Eddie Murphy fans probably know what I'm talking about from raw. I used to listen to that on fucking repeat on tape cassette when we were kids. And we would just Show laugh our asses age. off. You're showing your age. Yeah, well. Kiss my ass, all right? I think I'm going to say kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I, one more I want to mention because I don't get to talk about this again is the uh, when the old man, Victor Wong's character, is like, he's talking to him. He's like, hey, um, how if you love somebody in your country, do you tell them that? And he's just picking his nose and he's like, oh, you're just, just going to wipe that on your jacket right there, huh? You're going to let that... And then later he's like, you know, just going to let it freeze. You better wipe that booger off. You're gonna, it's going to freeze up and cut you. So. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, the end does get a little like out of control. Like the, the the demons come out. There's a big fight. Right. I mean, but, you know, they did a lot for its time. You know, I mean, the, the explosion is terrible. It doesn't look like a real explosion. No. It's like all on like after post kind of thing and he, they did have like a big giant fucking uh demon that eddie murphy has to stab or somebody had to stab and on probably in the second directorial you know what i mean like they made it look like he stabbed him with the knife the ajanti dagger um it's always a, a dagger too huh we had a scepter and fucking hellbound you got fucking 
the what's the knife or the 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 dagger in fucking Evil Dead two? Right. I don't know. I can't even think of what it's called. My brain's you farting. You should know. I know. The fuck. Too many things. Too many things going on. Anyway, I love this movie, and if you do too, you're one of my favorite people in the world. Okay, just know that. Just not me. Yeah. No. I, now I don't even know who you are. Who am I? You're a stranger in my bed. It's like warm bodies and empty conversations now. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and Christina did the work on this. It's Hellbound from 1994. Two Chicago cops investigate a murder until they encounter an ancient demon. Mm. Demon. Another demon. This is uh, straight to video, by the way. It's a Globus, a.k.a. Canon film, which if you've ever seen the... Um, Electric Boogaloo, the documentary or whatever. It's called Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. What was it called? I don't know. Electric Boogaloo or whatever. But so if you know who Canon is and what their films are like, they did a lot of Chuck Norris movies like Invasion USA. Mm-hmm. And they did, um, you know, Masters of the Universe and a bunch of other crazy shit that's like nobody would do. Mm-hmm. But they would put them together in like a matter of like a week. <laughs> and they would spend like no money on it at all. So it's like, you know what to expect. But this is the actual last film of the Canon Group Incorporated before they went bankrupt. Oh, okay. So a tagline is a Chicago cop is about to face his worst nightmare. Only this time it's real. Oh, God. It's horrible. It's like a sentence. Like, calm down, it dude. It really Just is. Fucking Chuck Norris fights hell. That's all you got to say. Yeah. You don't have to fucking come up with some they fucking legitimized that. fucking bullshit. Globus, come on, guys. Anyway, this was directed by Aaron Norris, who is the younger brother of what? Chuck Norris. What? That couldn't be related. <laughs> I don't write. And, of course, he did. he's done Walker, Texas Ranger. Trial by you don't fire, have to do any like of this all shit. the fucking, all, like every single movie that Chuck Norris has been in, which also has been like every single person associated with this movie. It's like their own little family, right? Well, he's their the Chuck Norris family. He's an independent action star. You know what right. I mean? He exactly. became famous, but all right. But the it was written by Brent Friedman, who did Dark Skies, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, also written by Donald Galen Thompson, who did The Evil from 1978, and other Chuck Norris movies like Psychics, The the Holman, Walker, Texas Ranger. And of course, yeah, this movie stars Chuck Norris, who was in The Way of the Dragon and other action movies. <laughs> and his name is Frank Shatter. That's a really a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like he's weak, you know, like he's going to shatter if you touch him. Mm-hmm. Get it? <laughs> or does he shatter because his fists are like lethal bullets? There you go. Yeah, you right. should write action movies. Uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the part we're acting and fucking choreographing that makes it hard. <laughs> uh, we also have Ca- Calvin Levels, who plays Calvin. Jackson. Yeah, Calvin Jackson. Yeah, he plays Calvin Jackson. Yeah. He was in Adventures in Babysitting. Point of no- Oh yeah! yeah. He was the guy in the back seat That's or right. that stole the car, right? I think he stole the car, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He was also in Point of No Return. I really like that movie. Okay. Um I don't remember him in there. He was also in Skyscraper and The Chair. Yeah, The Chair. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah. Here, sit down. <laughs> movie over. Okay, Christopher Nimi. What? Christopher Nimi? Neem. Christopher Neem, who plays Lockley, he was in Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill, 
The Prestige, Species 3, bunch of movies. Also, we have Sheree Wilson, who plays Leslie, and she was in Walker, Texas Ranger. She was one of the main stars. Yeah, and uh, Dallas. She yeah. was also in Dallas for a bunch of episodes. She was like the, the interest with with, Tex, with uh, Walker. Yeah. She was like in every episode, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. His, his wife, I don't know. I don't watch it. Have you watched it? Uh, I mean, I did back in the day. It wasn't like I watched it. But it's like something I I feel it's something. That's probably one of the biggest things he ever did. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, as far as like, you know, I'm not a big huge. I'm not a huge Chuck Norris fan. I like him for the sort of so bad it's good thing. Mm -hmm. He's not the greatest actor. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, not at all. But uh, what did you think of this movie, Alex? Uh, also, by the way, guys, the budget we didn't, couldn't find because it's a straight to video. Thank you. So, but this is definitely so bad it's good, guys. So if you like those kind of action films that have a little bit of, you know, a little nice drizzle of fucking horror thrown in, it's it might be good for you because it's a fucking nightmare of a mess of a movie. It really is. It really is. Like, it, like if you were to take this one seriously, there is no enjoyment you would have out of it at all. So you, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. Um, but it's pretty fucking funny, ridiculous too. So it's like they wanted to make two different movies and then slammed them into one fucking movie. Is what I get from it. Like just this big kind of dumb movie. It's like on one hand you have Chuck Norris who plays Frank Shatter, and let's be honest, you know Chuck's pretty much got one speed, and that speed. Is monotone? Yes, and it, and it doesn't involve the deepest of acting. Let's be the, let's be honest. He he's a badass, and they make him a badass because he doesn't say things so much because he's not really good at deep acting. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to say, it's just true. Mm-hmm. He's a great physical actor. Like he does everything great there. That's where he's he shines. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He's just a man of action. What do you want? But they they wanted to have him partner up with another guy that they have, which is Calvin uh, Level. Who he plays Calvin Jackson in um in the movie. He's super tropey, like I mean, like sort of token tropey almost yeah. in parts, which is like, oh god, that's like kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something, you know, somebody who's not really <laughs> paid attention to movies uh and just throws a script together would do. I don't know. But so this this is like a buddy cop comedy that's like way lighthearted, like super lighthearted in so many different ways, so many different moments. And and then all over the top, like style fucking jokes. Mm-hmm. And then so it's that on one hand and on the other side, it's this like Lord of Satan, a.k.a. Prosantinos, drinking the blood of children, punching holes through people. Ripping out their fucking hearts and chucking their hearts at people. Meanwhile, being surrounded by robed men who have horned face demons and like three fingered hands with claws on them. And you're like, okay, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> but you have to give it to Canon to come up with some fucking oddball combo like that. Cause that's what they do. Then they throw in, you know, an action star and that's not a new formula. You know, that's an old formula. Cause I think, you know, we had what, like, uh, Schwarzenegger did like that hell movie where he's fighting against like a fucking demonic guy. Is it bless the child? Is he, is that the one that he's in? I don't know. I can't remember, but he's fighting against some guy. I think it's the same guy that was in dark city. 
for all um, I can think of. And then, you know, other action stars. I think John Jean-Claude Van Damme did one called In Hell. And then there was like another one that was kind of loosely based off of Lionheart that this movie is based off of the ancient, mm-hmm. you know, order of fucking, you know, religion called Lionheart or whatever. Also, and this isn't Chuck Norris's first time he's ever been in something weird like this. He also did another movie about a serial killer who has mind powers called silent rage that i have on a like three three movie uh thing it has blind fury silent rage and then something of the white line I don't, I don't even know what it is but it's just bad acting bad overacting bad writing throughout and just over ugh, it's just bad there's some moments where i was just rolling my eyes the whole fucking time like mm-hmm. But anyway, as ridiculous as this movie suggests about demonic bloodthirsty demons on Earth trying to kill children and or have special blood that they suck on to destroy the Earth, and it's up to Chuck and Calvin to stop them, only they're far too nice and too stupid to be saving the world from this motherfucker. Lots of really bad banter between the cops and obviously pretty bad banter with the bad guy who they don't know who he is for most of the movie, and they even introduce one another because it was too dark when they first fought him Mm -hmm. so they have no idea what he looks like which is silly to me so they play with that while adding all these little side characters like this little kid in israel who you know like there's this whole scene with this kid and it's like you really don't like the kid at all or the situations or the jokes that they're making and you're kind of like why is chuck norris stealing his partner's money yeah you're like why is why is he doing this that doesn't make any sense because Chuck Norris is a badass and he can do whatever he wants. I guess that's the thing. So I don't know. It'll be kind of off-putting for some of you who watch this as it sort of has these dichotomies that splash the screen. But it's fun to watch. And I'm definitely glad I own it. It was, uh, you know, if it was too straight, like they played it too straight, I probably would not have liked it. Right. So the fact that it has these ridiculous scenes in it that just totally crash against each other in just about every single fucking moment. The fight scenes are kind of predictable and dumb, and but they do have some gore, and it's not great. It does have kind of a predictable ending, and, you know. Un- not rememberable. It's un- yeah, it's not very memorable. If you've seen canon films, you'll know what to expect. I'd probably give this movie like a 5 out of 10 on the uh, S-Big scale. There yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, if, if it wasn't on the S-Big scale, it'd probably be like a 2 or a 3. But I don't get Chuck Norris. Like, I don't get his fan base. Mm-hmm. I just. Okay, Jean Claude Van Damme, I get it. I get it, you know? Well, Chuck Norris is just a badass. It's not about. It's not about. It's because he's done so many fucking outrageous things in his movies. Like, one of my favorite scenes is one where he just crushes a guy's hand with a bottle in it. Did he do it for real? Yeah, I don't. Just kidding, I mean, no, but everybody's no, obviously not. He's over the top. Like okay. that's that's Chuck Norris. Okay, maybe I'm just I haven't seen enough to. I don't know. I in this movie, no, wasn't good. The chemistry between between him and Calvin, horrible. It was not a good cop, bad cop movie thing. He just seems disinterested was, in everything. Doesn't yeah, he? he really does. He's just not even the love interest that he's supposed to be interested in, not interested. Yeah. They just stare at each other. They don't even really know why. Yeah. They're just walking around holding hands, you know. Whatever. <laughs> um He's just a good I, old country boy. But I did like I did like the Calvin character because he was like comic relief. 
Yeah, but he was but a little too much sometimes. You, you, you are right. It was a little tropey. It's it's, it's very token Yeah, and cringy. And it, I kind of liked the scenes with the kid in it, him still pickpocketing shit like that, and then them using it. I thought it was clever. He was a little over-amped up. Like, his character was a little too much for me. Uh-huh. I thought the demon guy was fucking hilarious with his, <laughs> his skullet. His skullet, <laughs> yeah. Which... which Alex had to stop the movie to show me what a skull it was. <laughs> but he's like bald. Funny. Like skulls normally just have shaved head on the front, and then it's like you know party in the back. You know what I mean? And but the- he has a real legit bald skull. Yeah, and then they would put these big eyes on him. It was weird. It was really weird. And the music in it was really questionable because it's like Very. you didn't know if you, like what was going on. Was this a carnival? Like I don't understand. And they never explained why Jesus was in this movie. Like I don't even fucking understand. <laughs> Jesus just keeps showing up. This guy's just part of the old order that was like designed to be able to protect the world. What He's the like fuck are you talking they never about? point him out. They talk about him in the movie, but it's hard to follow along because the movie's so fucking monotone mm-hmm. in a lot of respects. And by the way, the the music you you didn't like, and we kept saying it's like really weird. It sounded like this comedy movie. Yeah. It was by George S. Clinton, who also did music for Mortal Kombat, Wild Things, Austin Powers, all the Austin Powers movies, too. So weird, right? That is weird. Weird. But a five out of ten. S big scale, five out of ten. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, so we agree on that. Well, I, so you gave <laughs> the same score to The Golden Child, pretty yep, much. Yep. Yep. You, uh, you dirty whore. Just say it. I know you want to say it. Bitch. You deserve you deserve you, you, to yeah. never be spoken to again. Oh, please. You're a demon and you burn in hell. Please. <laughs> Goodbye. Can I leave now? No. Okay. Uh so five out of ten for both of us. That's the BTV score. We do have some trivia on this. There's really not much, and it's not that interesting. So we're probably just going to talk about the movie here. Just like the movie. But if you don't want anything spoiled and you would like to see this, I got this movie on a, like a double uh, DVD, like at like a third-hand store or whatever. I bought it for like a dollar or something like that. If you can find it, it was in the square, you know, 4-3 format or whatever, like the old TV version. But it was still watchable, and I think you can find it online. Um, I think both of these are available for rent. So let me look, actually. Yeah, you can rent it for a dollar ninety nine anywhere. Except Voodoo wants to charge you three ninety nine. Maybe it's Don't do it. They're trying to rip you off. Could be an H D though. I mean maybe they put out an H D print or something like that. But yeah, dollar ninety nine for that. <clears throat> but <clears throat> and you can get a four K of the Golden Child too, so but anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. All right, Christina. So let's right. talk about your favorite movie. All right, you know and what? And why you hate Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, we got to do trivia. So so what are some snippets? Well, there's not about? really. I mean, this the original title for this movie was going to be called Cold to the Touch, which sounds cold to the advertising market. So um, it's a Hallmark Mark movie. <clears throat> it's a Hallmark horror movie. And that's it. That's pretty much it, because I mentioned the thing about Cherie Wilson. Oh, uh, okay. She was like his co-star in mm-hmm. Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Got to keep it family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, no, and you're not speaking into the mic either. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right, so this movie started off at the Renaissance Festival. For real. <laughs> Horses. You almost want to think it's like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like well, that kind of look. You it's know? Lionheart is the, the leader. He's the... 
Yeah, and then you think it's going to start getting good because there's a child and they're going to sacrifice the child. So you're like, yay, child sacrifice. <laughs> My favorite thing in the whole wide world. And it gets thwarted. Yes, it does. And then they end up get, taking the child, opening up a tube, and shoving that fucking demon in the tube. Yeah, well, they, they first shoot him with two arrows and he's like in so much pain, which later on he's never in pain. Yeah, he, he'll like sense. He'll fall back a little bit and then get back up, but these arrows apparently... Were too much for oh, him. Oh, maybe they're like silver arrows or some. Oh shit like yeah, that. you might be right. They could have yeah. been cursed arrows. Cursed? Like, you mean cursed? <laughs> it would be a cursed, and and I think it would be probably like like dipped in fucking uh, <laughs> like uh, holy water. Holy water. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, they go to a castle. They storm it. They. They they stab him in the chest with a couple of arrows, and then they shove him in a tomb, and they stick these, like, four daggers in on each corner, and then smash his scepter, which is a big no-no. There's, like, a guy that's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, because you needed to kill him. Why yeah, because you, you needed it? to kill him. Because you didn't. What? Okay, so my question is, why didn't you just kill him instead of just putting him in a tomb? I don't know. Game over. Yeah, I know. This movie's stupid. Oh, well, because I mean, they maybe needed... maybe not everybody's a murdering piece of shit Chuck... like you, and they have hope for the humanity. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> um, no, it's because Chuck Norris was the to- chosen one, and they had to wait for him to be born. Yeah, the chosen one has to kill trained. him. Yeah. Besides, it made a huge mess at the end. He like turned into a demon immediately, and then popped like a fucking like fifty tons of fucking dynamite went off. <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't even see anything. He just gets obliterated. Uh. The beginning was kind of cool though because he like he's like in a hotel or something with a like a it's like oh that's right they go they fast forward to 1951 where some grave robbers go down to the tomb and steal the knives and then he pokes a hole how, through their chest and that yeah that's how he gets out that's how he gets out he lives in America now yeah. uh when uh, yeah they go to 1994 and he's been looking for the scepter because the scepter has been stolen and in, in, in multiple pieces and he needs to find it in order to fucking kill a child so he can get his power back and it's been 50 years and uh it surfaces after a, like a archaeological dig or something like that and that this girl and then he becomes part of like he plays dr Proctley, isn't that what his name was or something like that something like that right but Anyway, so they had some guy come in, this guy Krieger, who <clears throat> brings this other guy in who is parting, working for the, the good guys from centuries who know that of his existence and try to stab him with one of the daggers and the scepter. <laughs> <clears throat> and it doesn't do anything. Does he, it work? <laughs> he just rips out his fucking heart and then chucks it at Chuck Norris. <laughs> He's chucking a heart at Chuck Norris. Chuck's supposed to chuck shit, not chucking him and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so confusing. But it's in the dark and he can't see him, but they fight somehow. And he doesn't know he has a skullet, which I think you would be able to see in the dark somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, like something. I don't know. It just seems weird. How do you have a fight in the middle of the, the dark and then on top of it not know what he looks like? Right. Come on. Oh. Anyway. <clears throat> So, so that's when they, we find out about his partner and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So the demon guy, you know, he he's in a hotel room. And this starts the trend of him throwing women out of oh, windows. that's right. Yes. So he, he has this prostitute at his After hotel. he punches the hole in the guy's chest. Yeah, yeah. She comes out. Yeah, she comes out. And freaks and out. And freaks out. And then she, he picks her up. 
and chucks her out the window. I don't need you anymore. Bad, disposable. Dude, he throws two women out of a fucking window like in, in this movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, we almost were going to call the shot throwing bitches out windows. <laughs> <laughs> bitches in windows, they just don't match. No, no, not with this guy. Yeah, I know. Prockley is a dangerous man around windows. Yeah, I think he built... A window just to throw that last bitch out of it. I swear to God, I didn't see a window. <laughs> It'd be funny if there was like a scene in the movie where he like takes all this careful care of like it putting in a window and then he's like, you know, trimming it and painting it very delicately. And then he's like, ah, oh, it's done. Take a look. What do you think? And he's like, <laughs> he chucks her through the window. <laughs> then you get to meet Chuck's like partner who's always constantly screaming about shit and, uh, there was this scene after they fight that guy. What was it? They were they were walking down the street or something like that, and they see some woman about to get raped. That's what it was. And there's a few bad guys trying to rape and literally beating the shit out of this woman on the street. Yeah, like they you. love to beat up women in this movie a lot. By yeah. the way, um, one of the one of the guys like they come up to him and Chuck puts the gun to his head and then points it at him. He's like, "You're gonna let it grow," and he's like. One of the bad guys is like, put down the gun and I'll show you a real man. And so he does. And Frank is like, go ahead. Hit me. Yeah, hit me right here in the face. And then the guy punches him and he just looks and he turns his head. Barely flinching. Yeah. And, and then he like turns. He was like, you call that a hit? And then he punches the guy over a car because <laughs> he's fucking Chuck Norris, you know. Good old Chucky. And then we find out the name of the guy. Prosatanos. Prosatanos. Is the name of the evil guy, the villain. He's basically living in today's time, and he plays this proctor guy, like I said, who's an archaeologist. Archaeological. I don't <laughs> fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> you got me doing it now. Anyway. Archaeologist. 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 You said archaeologist. That's what you said. Archaeologist. <laughs> anyway, there's some just really bad scenes with Detective Jackson and him. Like they just, it's like lemonade and and like fucking lemon and milk. Like I don't know how to explain it, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's. I think it's mostly Chuck Norris's problem because like, right? I think Jackson or the character Jackson is giving his all. Like he's really trying to like get into the role, but he's a little loud. Like well, I shouldn't say that. He's but he's a little like overdoing it, and Chuck is just so like, oh yeah. Yeah, no emotion. Oh, hey, how you doing, by the way? Like Seinfeld, you know? Oh, hey, maybe maybe, maybe you might want to get some soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> they end up going to Israel for, I forget why, because the, like the minister wants to speak to them or something like that. Well, they took the body of the Pope or priest back or whatever. And then, yeah, then Chuck Norris gets wrapped up into their shit. Right. Like the it'll, the Pope, there's like the Pope, the 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 people below the Pope. They don't say the Pope. Cardinal. It's like a Cardinal or somebody. They have the scene where they're like talking to each other in Italian or something. Mm -hmm. But they go weird. to Israel and like someone wants to speak to them about the incident and and the scepter. And they get in the policeman's car and the silly music starts to play as he's sort of like driving recklessly and they're all like, oh. And Jackson calls him a shitty driver. <clears throat> the guy's like, what does that word mean? And he said, oh, it means uh, you're your top dog. And he's like, what do you mean top dog? And he's like, oh, top gun. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that movie. I'm top gun. He's like, hey, he's like, I am a shitty driver. 
and then ju- then he jumps the fucking police car while they're in the back over like a fucking I don't know what it was at the time, but I don't know. They end up tracking down Krieger, who was the guy that brought the other guy to the hotel to find out what's going on because it was a rabbi that apparently got his heart torn out or something. Another. We should have tallied how many people's hearts got torn out. Yeah. And then after they leave there, there's this like 15 minute fucking joke piece about fucking Jackson complaining about his his share of the money and how he wants to eat. Like this is a running gag through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I like to eat and you won't let me eat. Won't you give me my money? Won't you let me have my money so I can eat? I like to eat. Why won't you let me eat? And Chuck's like, I'm not hungry right now. And it's just so deadpan, like, what the fuck, Chuck? <laughs> what the what the fuck? Anyway, so he's hungry. Jackson, he like sees this kid running to the car. They're like sitting in the car having this conversation. A kid dives in. He's being chased by another kid. And then Jackson's like, I'll handle this. And he's like, you guys need to get along and and you need to be good. That's the American way. And they're like in Israel. And it's like, what? Like, calm down. Forcing our American ways on. (laughs) I know you're you're in another country. You don't get to do that. Like, it just seems weird, doesn't it? Like a little bit. Yeah. But like, so these kids are like, okay, we'll make up. Shake his hand. Shake his hand. And then they walk off and Chuck Norris is smiling. He's like, (laughs) and they walk off pretty far. And then uh, he's like, see, that's how you do things. Whether you're here in Israel or in America. And then Chuck's like, "Uh, where's your wallet? No, he says, oh, hey, did you, do you know where you're, or he says something like, hey, did you want to go get your wallet back from them? And he's like, oh, 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 what the fuck? What the fuck? So they go chasing off after them. And this, like I said, 10 or 15 minutes of this nonsense, right? Right. And they go chasing after this little kid who's hanging off the side of a building to hide from Chuck Norris. (laughs) And then he just sits there and leans up against the wall. And he's like, hey, uh, how long do you think you can hang there, kid? And the kid's like, oh, you have me at the disadvantage, sir. (laughs) I don't like no kid's going to say that, first of all. <clears throat> and I'm sure because the Globus guys are from Israel, if you if you know. Oh. They're originally from Israel, Israel, filmmakers from Israel. Oh, okay. So they probably wanted to go out there and just shoot a scene out there for cheap. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, um, But yeah, they like, he gets, he picks the kid up, he gets the money, and then he pockets the money from Jackson mm-hmm. and I then gives the gonna, wallet back to I Jackson. I he was going to give the kid some money. Right. You know? It's like, no, he pocketed all the money. Yeah, he just pocketed. Well, I think he did give him money. No, he didn't. Not then. Later. Yeah, later on, but not then. Right, but he gives him Jackson's money. And then Jackson's like, oh, man, you got my wallet. Thanks, dude. And then he opens it up. And he's like, oh, man, where's my money? And he's like, man, I'm hungry. And he's like, oh, you're not going to feed me now. Why would I do that? It's just, Oh, you're not going to be like that to me, are you? Look, there's a place to eat right here. Whole movie, dude. Whole fucking movie. Whole movie. Annoying. I'm surprised that he didn't eat a sandwich by the end of the movie and go, that finally. Anyway, to make a long story short, they meet Proctly, who is playing the part of the archaeologist. God damn it. And he is like, you know, saying that the, the scepter they have is a fake. It's not real. And it's, it is real, which makes no sense. And I think he's just doing that so that they throw it away and then he can go grab the pieces and put it together. Know. Um, anyway, somehow he gets it and he puts the scepter together. The bad guy does. Mm -hmm. I forget how that happened. Do you remember like how they get the scepter, how he got the scepter? No idea. Maybe from that lady or whatever. Zoned out. Anyway, he he goes pro Santanos goes to Krieger because he ratted him out 
and kills him by slamming his body on like a sharp, like weird statue. So he has like three prongs coming out of his chest and they use like a shadow to make it happen. And it looks like a doll. Like when he picked up the body to slam him down, it just looked like he was like effortlessly picking up this fake doll and slamming it down. It's just funny. And then they go and they go to um, the same underground area or wherever, wherever he had this tomb, right? Is it the same area? Yeah, I think it's the same area. Pro Santanos. Pro Satanos. Like, where did you get this name? Anyway, Prusatanos is doing another fucking ritual, except he finds out that his assistant, who is um, Frank's girlfriend now, because they happen to look at each other and lock eyes. Yep. So now she belongs to him. They find out that she's got royal blood from the original Lionheart, and he's going to kill her and sacrifice her and drink her blood so that he'll be more powerful than he ever would have been. Not as exciting as a (coughs) child. (coughs) <coughs> not, not as exciting as a child sacrifice i know but you're dark and that's fucked up so yeah you're fucked up too <laughs> anyway so he goes to kill him and then of course you know frank and jackson show up to fucking thwart the program and they grab somehow they get in a fight for like this stupid fight for a long while and they drop the scepter and then frank grabs the scepter and like chucks it at him like a spear, which would never happen, by the way, because it's very short. <laughs> he doesn't throw it like a knife. He throws it like a spear and it goes in him and out the other side and sticks him. And then he like starts smoking. His face turns into this ridiculous looking demon. And then he just pops like just immediately. <laughs> and so they once everything's done they they see the kid the, the the kid that's stolen their thing and they're going to the plane or whatever don't they steal see him stealing from another american or something i think so yeah. and they ask him to show you yeah that's well that's right they, they did that beforehand to find out where he was where pro satanos was living uh or doing the ritual or whatever but at the end they they all go to the airport to go fly back to america and that kid is there He's like giving the guy a hug, giving Jackson a hug. He's like, you take care, man. And remember, you know, breaking the law is not a good thing. You don't want to be a part of that. You know, you're yeah. a good kid. And, da, 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 da. Uh, and then Chuck smiles and winks. And then he like sees Jackson walks away and he goes, hey, uh, you check and see if you have your wallet there, buddy. And he's like, oh, what the hell? And then the kid turns and starts to run. And it's like freeze frame. He's like, Brazy! The end. Slapstick yeah. or slapstick humor. I'm hitting my knee right now. I'm hitting my knee. It's like one of those movies, uh. dude. Like, it's like... Mm-hmm. Like, it's so dark yet so fucking silly. I don't know. It just doesn't match. It doesn't work totally, yeah. I don't think. That's the problem. But that's what kind of makes it kind of funny and silly. Like, all these different parts in the movie just, like, really kind of... I don't know. They just don't work. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was fun watching these, though. I had a it good was time. Fun. I had a good time, too. Christina wanted to do something different for next week because of... Next week is Valentine's Day. Yay, and everybody's always so excited about Valentine's Day. Me, we. And I didn't want to do, like, the standard, you know, standard Valentine's Day horror movies, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a... Uh, right. Uh, X-Ray from 1981. That's right, which you can watch on Tubi for free, or you can also watch it on Paramount Plus if you have that. And uh, we're going to watch Warm Bodies. Which you can watch on HBO Max. 
or rent it, I think, for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Oh no, it's three ninety nine, but we have the DVD, I think, so we're gonna watch it there. Mm-hmm. But those are, you know, lovey, lovey, dovey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been, I haven't seen X Ray in a while. I have a copy, I think, somewhere. It's just not the best copy. So, but yeah. So hopefully you guys look forward to that. We'll watch a couple of those movies. Uh, celebrate Valentine's Day because Hallmark would not allow us, and they're our main sponsor for this. Uh, for this episode i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) anyway guys i hope you enjoyed us kind of going off the the regular path and doing something a little bit different with the golden child and of course hellbound this week um we'll be doing a lot more stuff i mean we got like some japanese sort of uh kung fu fighting sort of monster movies uh, we got all kinds of stuff that I, I wanted to watch. We got Cruel Jaws we haven't actually done a review of. There's a ton of stuff. So if you guys have any ideas and it's something that we haven't done before, you can always let us know and we'll be more than glad uh, to, if we haven't done it, then we'll definitely try to, you know, give it a thought to do and, uh, you know, let us know. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming by this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we hope you have an even better week. But uh, thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the boy.